For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And today we have our wonderful Anna Craffy as my co-host and guest, Craffy Pierce. Sorry, honey, I always do that. And I'm not we, worried about it. I was a Craffy before I was a Pierce. There you go. And so Home Instead Senior Care is our, our sponsor, and we want to thank them. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality service to fit you and your family's needs. So, Anna, our subject today, I'm so excited about this, is about uh, 3D walk-in education. Now, that is a funny title, but it's a great topic when we add this is about creating conscientiousness in your children by walking them into like living history. So let's talk a little bit about how museums and churches and language and culture can expand a child's sense of conscientiousness. So you're planning to make this like 10 podcasts, right? Because what you just described, I'm pretty sure we could talk about a long time. (laughs) Well, you know what I'm laughing about? I really didn't have churches in the beginning. Like when we were talking about this and brainstorming for this episode, And I have to confess to my listening friends, our listening friends, Anna suggested we talk only about churches because we have been in so many. And it blew my mind. I didn't even have it on the list. I had museums, languages, and cultures. And then she added churches, and I was like, I only want to talk about that. And I want to talk about it like several episodes. (laughs) And churches encompass all of that because they are, in a way, a museum. They record history, and they record what people care about. And they're very cultural. If walked into more than one church, knows that each body of believers is unique, and therefore they produce a unique building. It's just fascinating to me how that overlaps so well with the topic you had pulled. I and love- it's all about conscientiousness: how you use what God has given you to bless other people with a church um, building. I love that. Okay, so I'm. Are you going to read the de- the definition of con- this character quality of conscientious? Is so dear to me. And, and most of us have at least one child in the mix. If you have a bunch of kids, you always have one kid that is the most conscientious, so much so that it really stands out in the family and is a blessing to everybody. Of course, we all have parts of our gifts that also are like, it depends on if they're in the flesh or in the spirit as far as who how they manifest their conscientiousness. But most of the time, con- being conscientious is so dear to a mom, we all need a kid like that, that we can count on to, you know, make sure things happen the right way. So um, do you want to give our listening friends your definition of, 
what it means to be conscientious? Well, I thought I would start with what I, without any thought, you know, just the most common thing that springs to my mind, and then we could build from there. So to me, when I think of conscientiousness growing up, I actually think of my sister. Oh, yeah. Because she had such a good conscience. She felt when she thought she had done something wrong, she felt so convicted in such a dear way. Like as a kid, when we get in a fight, if I, if I got hurt when we were arguing, if I just said, ow, she was immediately, she went from being angry because we were arguing about something to being, oh my goodness, did I hurt you? I'm so sorry. Yeah. She just had a fabulous conscience. And so to me, part of being conscientious and why those two things are tied is it's that deep desire to do what is right. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to read the definition that we wrote for this, but I'm also going to mention to our listening friends, we don't go to Webster's for our definitions. (laughs) We just, we feel very comfortable redefining words in a way that we think honors God. So I don't know if Webster would have anything like this in his dictionary, but here's our definition. Conscientious, having a good conscience by giving glory to others with habitual humility. I love humility. I know that's so dear. Isn't that sweet? And and honoring other people, glorifying, you know, yeah. just saying, oh, it's to their, like you did with Ellen just this very second. It's to her glory that she had such a tender conscience, even as a young person. It, it was always a wonderful thing in our family. Now, the thing about that is if you're a mom and you're raising conscientious kids, you may get really tired of waiting for them to do everything meticulously the right way. <laughs> Yep, thoroughly, very, very thoroughly. My dear sister, who I love, who has always apologized to anything she ever thought she wronged me in, also is the one of the two of us who, when she measures, she cuts the top off the flower to make sure it's exactly right. Yeah. And I I think with so many mouths to feed, she's relaxed a lot with cooking, but she was very thorough and very careful growing up. And you're you're raising one too. That's why I was laughing because I'm thinking about one one meticulous awesome. child in the family right now. Who's you just have to be extra patient with your conscientious children. He has such a tender heart. That's another thing that goes with conscientious children who are thorough and careful and want to do the right thing. He he is so tender hearted. The boy puts his socks in his shoes because that would be more efficient. Every time he takes off his socks and shoes, the socks go in the shoes, which is awesome. And, um, but it so does take him 10 minutes to get the shoes and socks back on because he's being very precise. But, I love that. Uh, it's so cute every nothing, time he does Almost it. nothing to convict his little heart. He's just so dear. It's amazing. Well, so since you mentioned hearts and tenderheartedness and how that goes with conscientiousness, and we're, I don't want to, I don't want to miss our chance to talk about churches and some of the. Right, right. <laughs> wonderful churches we've seen, but I do have a quote for you. I got okay. this one from Charles Spurgeon, and I loved it. Oh, may it. we may we have communion with God in the secret places, in the secret of our hearts, and find Him to be to be to us a little sanctuary. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? His own presence in our heart to be our sanctuary. Well, okay. of course, Charles Spurgeon would think of that. Um, it's the perfect segue to talking about architecture and churches. Yeah. And walk in education. I love the idea that you can teach your kids stuff and you don't for kids that are dyslexic, especially if you don't have to actually have a book, you can walk into a building and there'll be history all around you. Now, which, and on the most, 
Which learning style is the one that likes to be have the whole body engaged on? I forgot. I like tactile, but that's very visual and audio as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty I'm much just... a full body, uh, all your senses kind of thing when you walk into a building and you start analyzing it. Especially the echo in a sanctuary, just the sound acoustics uh-huh. and the way your voice well, carries and the silence and all that's of, there. All, all of that is on purpose, and it all stems back to it all has reason. Some of it is on purpose where they designed the sound to do that, and they paid extra money and got experts to make the sound do it. Well, the sound does that because they were saving their money to put it other places because it was where it would that money would be a better investment to bless people. When you walk into any kind of public building, whether it's a church or a museum, it's fascinating to look around and see how the design reflects the priorities. Yeah, that is interesting. I never even thought about that. But it does it does reflect the culture that created it so much in that way, doesn't it? If you have a lobby where people can meet and talk and interact before you get to the kind of programmed part of the building, like in an art museum, you have the area where you you get greeted, and then you buy your tickets, and then you get into the actual arts, which is the programming. But before that, there's that a big empty space where you can meet other people and figure out what your plan is for getting into the art and the program. And same thing with the church. They often have a foyer where you can be greeted and handed a, pro- a, a actual, we call it a program, but here's what's going to be happening in the sanctuary. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and of course... Uh- one reason I love churches is all the art and, and again, visual, of course I would prefer, I mean, just respond to visual things, but uh, I love the way the art really makes us conscious uh-huh. and aware and aware of uh, all the sacrifices that have happened throughout history and are, are honored there, especially Jesus sacrifice on the cross. I, yeah. I really love the way the churches. Even stained glass with the light coming through it, it's so beautiful. And in my, the dear church we attend right now, which I love, and they're pouring into my family in such a sweet way, they don't actually have art, like art that a person has made on their walls. They are using, speaking of conscientiousness, they are using windows to glorify God because they put in these big, clear, enormous windows on either side of the sanctuary so you can look out and see the pine trees. It's like uh-huh. nature, the thing God made, is part of the, is like, like we as people aren't sanctifying that space. Nature is part of the process of honoring God and saying, we're going to talk about sacred, holy things in this place. And look, you can see what God made while we do it. You know, what's so interesting about that is, um, I, I let, I'm going to have to look the verse up so I get it right, but all the things that we can know about God by the things that he created, which is including the person next to you (laughs) in Romans two, that, that there's a beautiful verse that uh, defines Mm -hmm. it much better than I just paraphrased it. But so I'll look for that and see if I can get it before the next uh, segment while we're on our break. But I do want to mention before we get a break, you can find all our information at kathycrafty.com K R A. F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. And you can get our weekly blogs and all of our books, all that material that we just create because we love you is available there. And our blogs and all the, all the interviews we do with all these great leading experts across the nation, those are all free. So please check that out and, and use it to your heart's content. It will, will make us so happy. 
When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the team aspects of conscientiousness, Anna, and what that means to give glory to others with habitual humility. So, and I want to talk a little bit about how that happens in sanctuary. So we're going to do that when we come back. But in the meantime, we just want you to know how much we love you and how glad we are you're listening in with us for this conversation. And we're just proud of you for all the ways you affect others. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door and the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. So we're together, Anna and I, talking about so a couple of different things we're pulling together today that have to do with education, because that's her specialty. So we're talking about walking in, I call it walk-in education, kind of like drive-through education we talked about another time, 3D walk-in education, which includes museums, churches, language, and culture, and this idea of conscientiousness all tied together. And before we went to the break, I promised to find this verse so that I could quote it better. And I did, Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. So, Anna, in your sanctuary where you and your family worship every Sunday, that big, beautiful window that 
invites in a view of the pine trees of East Texas. I mean, that is just a really sweet way to be reminded that God is in all that he made. I loved what you said. The person sitting next to you is evidence of God's attributes, too. I know, and the pine trees set them off. They set us all off so well. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Pine forests, to me, are like a sanctuary in themselves. Now, I I want to ask you, while I can, I'm just dying to know. You, You and I had the great privilege of going to Europe, to Paris, to see all the chapels like Saint Chapelle over there uh, with your sister and your cousin. It was a girl's trip. It was kind of a special thing. And it was such a privilege to get to do that. I was so excited we could all find a way to pay for that and, and enjoy that beautiful opportunity together. But tell me, knowing how many churches you've been into over the lifetime, what do you have a favorite sanctuary? I... It may be like having a favorite color for me. It's the one I'm currently in, (laughs) the one where God's (laughs) Spirit is blessing me through the people. But that beside the point, if if I had to pick one moment in one specific place, I love it when I walk into a building, any kind of architecture, and I get to time travel. And then when the Holy Spirit is involved, that's like a double whammy, and we're talking about education. So for me, I was in Valencia, Spain, and I, I ran into my professor. I was there just to worship in the local Catholic, I think it was a cathedral, and I ran into her. We had a wonderful moment where I realized she was a believer, and she actually bought me a souvenir from the little shop so I'd remember it. It was so dear. And and I'd, I'd gone to Mass, but it was a really short Mass, and I was a little disappointed. I was wishing for more, and I smelled incense, and I literally followed the smell into this side chapel, and it was so medieval. There was a quadrifoil window that was letting in the light, and, and it's all engineered at the time. So the light is coming in, and it's hitting the aisle, and everybody's standing just like they would have in medieval times, and they're processing these relics up, and and that beautiful light and the feeling of people have been doing it, worshiping God together, talking about what is true about Him in this place for hundreds of years. It was a powerful feeling to me as a visual person to realize that I long for God in the same way as someone in the medieval era longed for God. It's just, it was just very cool to me. And the architecture allowed me to time travel and to connect with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God in another time, not just another place, but another time is so cool to me. I love that. You know, what's so interesting. I've been working on one of my books this morning and Part of it has to do with uh, this whole idea of team concept when it comes to sanctuary and faith. And um, so our definition of conscientious is having a good conscience by giving glory to others with habitual humility. And I saw this this morning when I was reading through some stuff that I'd written. Jesus said this in John 4. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both Mm -hmm. he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. And, you know, it just hit me that over those centuries, centuries, when he was saying this to his disciples, as they waited for the woman of the well who came alone and then came back with this whole crowd of her community, they were, he was talking to them about rejoicing together. And, And he was seeing us in the future, I believe. So I wrote this. I just, I want to just read this. 
For harvest to bear fruit, the most important thing to note about Jesus' words, we must work and celebrate together with joy. My beloved reader and friend, we are invited to the greatest, most fun party ever, the delightful celebration of a Savior who includes us in his conversational adventure. He had this beautiful conversation with the woman at the well, but he's invited us to be a witness to that and to learn from it and to benefit from it and to celebrate him the same way she and her whole community celebrated him. I don't know. There's just something so powerful about that. To me, that is, that is really a great example of conscientiousness. My time travel thing is so perfect for this conversation, Mom, and the fact that Christ was looking forward through all of history when he said that to his disciples, but looking, being all-knowing and knowing, looking forward through history. Also, you were talking about sanctification, and in the context of conscientiousness, I truly believe that my grandmothers and women I will never know prayed for me. They knew you or they knew my grandmothers and they prayed for me before I was even born. Think of how conscientious that is. They had faith that God would further the generations, that he would provide children, and that they wanted any children he provided to love him. So they prayed before those children even existed. You know what I think is is so humble and so conscientious. You know what's interesting to me about this conversation we're having, that idea of consciousness really informs how well we can be conscientious. So that's a little tricky because those are almost exactly the same words. But we do, like, you're using a great example. Women praying forward have to be conscious that there are generations coming after them. But then they they conscientiously, meticulously, tenderheartedly go before God and ask for humbly. Humbly ask for benefits for the coming generations that they will never meet until heaven. But they, know, you know, to me, thing. there's a real incentive because you want to meet those kids in heaven someday. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing my great grandmother there uh, and meeting her. There's so much in our family of legends about her. I can't wait to meet her. So I think that's really sweet the way consciousness and conscientiousness go hand in hand. I had never thought of that till this conversation on it. It's very interesting to me. I have to give that some more thought because it's so profound. My goodness, honey, you always bring out these really, dip, you know, like philosophical ideas. And then we're still talking about the grandkids and, you know, a skin knee or a boo-boo or a, a I know. potty training or whatever else is going on at the Here's moment. the other thing out there who are looking at motherhood or like me and I'm in between, one of the other places in my life that's architectural that I think of as sanctified are the kitchens of the dear women in my life who have prayed over me, Aww. who have invited and have let me speak my mind, whether or not it was politically correct or kind. They're in my life who just let me say the ugly things in my heart and didn't judge me. They gave me a cup of tea or fed me pound cake, and you know who that is. Yeah. And, <laughs> and their kitchens were full of light and love and unconditional acceptance for me. They conscientiously sanctify those spaces by loving me well in humility and letting me figure it out. And I still treasure those architectural places. I love wow. the people, but I, but I also tie those people and those emotions to those dear places where that love was felt. So kitchens can be just as sacred as a beautiful medieval church or my sweet, practical, gorgeous 
Baptist church. It can be any anywhere in between can be sacred to God because we're doing the work with a conscientious, humble heart. And I'm so so in debt, and so those women are so dear to me. I'm so thankful. I'm just going to say I think both your grandmothers had the perfect example of 3D walk-in education. I mean, they were so conscientious about trying to share things with you that would prepare you for your your future. I'm still unpacking things they said to me when I was a young woman. I mean. Wow. (laughs) I know. It's so dear. They were amazing in that way. And some women don't have the benefit of moms like that. Both Dave and I did. But um, what I want to say is. your kitchen. You can be that mom, even uh-huh. if you your don't have that advantage. That yeah. yeah. Yes. You can sanctify your own kitchen. Yes. Yes. It can be a place where you embrace your own humble heart and your conscientiousness, and you love people well, and you love them where they are. It, it is, there's no greater work than that. I love that. Thank you for that thought. That's so beautiful. Anna, I see you doing that really and- well. And. In you your can own do kitchen. it when you're when you're old and can't even get in a ch- out of a chair. My grandmother-in-law, my husband's grandmother, did that. She couldn't even get out of a Aww. chair there in the inn, and we were still all of us gathering in her kitchen. Well, so that's, that's something sweet. you don't even have that mobility anymore, and you can still be blessing people like that with a conscientious, dear way. You know that reminds me of our friend Shirley. We have about two minutes, so I'm just going to say this quickly. Our next door neighbor Shirley, we used to call her. She had two chairs in her bedroom, and she would sit in one of the chairs, and the and we would go to the other chair, and we yes. call it the the chair the throne of wisdom, <laughs> because she, she was spread also so lady. much loving grace toward us in her <laughs> private bedroom. Where it, there was always one of the crafties over there asking her for wisdom and comfort, <laughs> and and so her great. childhood. For the kids in the neighborhood, who we were too young to really understand the wisdom part, she'd just give us cookies. I mean, she just met us where we were. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have to sign off. Don't forget, you can get all this at kathycraffy.com, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward, where we speak truth with a Texas twang, and we are so grateful for you. We're just so happy that you joined us today, and Really happy to get to share some of these thoughts with you. We want to encourage you to be um, embracing truth and creating your own sanctuary in your own kitchen, really treasuring and being patient with your conscientious children because we need them for the next generation. So thank you. Thank you for all the work you're doing to pour into those sweet lives that you touch. We, we join you with that, and we embrace your part of what's happening in our culture. We just thank you for all that you're doing that is so positive and good. So don't forget to find us at kathycrafty.com, and know in the meantime, we really care about you. Thank you, Anna, for being with me today. I always love shows that we get to do together. You're welcome. I love you. Love you too, sweetie. Awesome. All right, then we're signing off today, but we want to thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to our next conversation with you. We've got several great things coming up. So don't forget to look for more Fireside Talk Radio, Truth with a Texas Twang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Got in.